which is uh, about a half a day's walk outside of Jerusalem, about a 10 or 15 minute drive now. Uh, and we also know from other stories that Martha and Mary are not strangers. So it's not like Jesus goes to this town and Martha for the first time meets Jesus and has him in her home. Not that that, that would actually be quite common, in that, but that's not what happened here. Uh, in fact, these guys are Lazarus's sisters. And if you remember from John's Gospel, we looked at last year, uh, they know Jesus. He's raised their brother from the dead. Uh, so these people know Jesus well. So Martha welcomes Jesus into her, and you would assume Mary's home as well. Uh, but then we meet Mary first. So look at verse 39. It says, She, Martha, had a sister named Mary, who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. Now, straight away, if you don't read on, that is a wonderful picture. Straight away, you think, yes, what a great thing. What better thing could there be to do than to sit at the feet of Jesus and hear him teach? And we'll come back to that. But first, we see that Martha doesn't feel like she can do that. So look at verse 40. It says, but Martha was distracted by her many tasks. See, she's got to put food on the table for all this. She wasn't expecting that Jesus and however many disciples were going to be coming and eating that day. Uh, she can't just sit down and listen to Jesus all day. She'd love to, but someone's got to prepare a meal. Someone's got to cook for these people. So you've got this contrast. You've got Mary sitting at the Lord's feet, listening, and you've got Martha distracted and busy. And Martha's not happy about it. She says, hey, Jesus, tell my sister to get up and help. Look at verse 40 again. She says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. I don't know if you get this, I get this sense here that Martha is actually less angry with Mary than she is with Jesus. Do you get that sense? It's actually, she's actually angry with Jesus here. She wants Jesus to do something about this. She wants Jesus to fix the situation. And if you know the Gospels well, you know Martha is one of actually very, very few people who rebukes Jesus. She's a gutsy woman, this Martha. Uh, you remember when Jesus came to, and, and her brother Lazarus had died, she says, Jesus, if you'd come earlier, he would not have died. She's a really strong woman, Martha. And here she does it again. She says, Jesus, get my sister to help. Now, this isn't the main point of the passage, but this is such a human response. Uh, we often want God or Jesus or the minister to tell someone else we're right and they are wrong. Uh, often, not that often, but sometimes, people come up to me and say, oh, Phil, that was a great sermon. I wish so-and-so was here to hear it. I never quite know how to... Because often I agree with them. I wish so-and-so was here to hear it as well. But really... If you find yourself thinking that way, always make sure that you have listened before you dare think how Jesus' words should apply to someone else. Listen to what you need to hear Jesus say before you worry about what other people need to hear Jesus say. And so here, instead of rebuking Mary, which is what Martha wants, Jesus gently rebukes Martha. Look at his answer in verse 41. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. For people of my generation, I've been worrying all week about saying Marsha, Marsha at that point. If you grew up with the Brady Bunch, but anyway, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice and it will not be taken away from her. Now, I think there's two parts to what Jesus says to her here. The first is sort of implicit, the second explicit. Uh, the first is he seems to, I think, be questioning, hey, Martha, why is this such an issue for you? What is it with you 
that means you've got a problem with this? Why do you feel the need to work so hard? Why are you so worried and upset about looking after everyone? I might be overreading it, but I can't help but think Jesus is challenging her motives here. See, Jesus wants us to serve. He wants us. Part of being a Christian is giving up your rights in the service of other people. Uh, I mean, we follow the servant king. We follow the one who came to serve, not be served, and to give his life a ransom for many. The essence of what it is to follow Jesus is to serve other people. But sometimes our service is not driven by our love for Jesus and by our love for other people. It's driven by all sorts of selfish motives. And when you look into your heart, you know this is true. Often our service is actually driven by pride. We want other people to say, well done, Phil. Isn't Phil talented? And our service is driven by that desire that other people would say, what a good job they've done. So, you know, I don't want people saying they came to our house and found it dirty. It's not because you're worried about them getting dirty. It's because you're worried about what they think about you. And when Martha's saying, I don't want people saying they came to our house and didn't get a feed, it's not because she's worried about them not getting a feed, it's she's worried about what people will say about her. Martha, is it because you care so much about Jesus and these people that you're so busy? Or is it because you care what other people think of you? But more important than that is Jesus' second point, which is that Mary has made the right choice. See, Jesus is not going to rebuke Mary when he thinks she's done the right thing. Look at verse 42 again. He says, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice and it will not be taken away from her. Of course, you can see Jesus' point, at least I hope you can. What can be more important than listening to me? That's what Jesus is saying. What on earth is it that you could be distracted by and could make you so busy that you would do that instead of listen to the words of the Son of God? Listening to Jesus is much more necessary than serving a meal. I couldn't help but think, as I read this story this week, of a friend of mine who's a minister, and his, some ladies in his church said, we have to have a 6.30am Christmas service. And he said, I don't want to run a 6.30am Christmas service. And they said, well, how else are we going to get home in time to cook the meal for everyone, cook the roast, if we don't have church at 6.30? He didn't run a 6.30 Christmas service. You see, for them, it was more important to cook the pork roast or the turkey or whatever it was than to come and listen to the word of Jesus. And Jesus is saying here, what better choice could there be than sitting at his feet and listening to him teach? Jesus is actually making a play on words here with food, I think. If you look there, where it says, Mary has made the right choice, literally it's, Mary has chosen the best portion. So it's what you'd say about, she's chosen the best bit of pie or the best bit from the smorgasbord and he's saying to Martha you're messing around trying to come up with a meal to feed us Mary is here eating the meal that matters so you can't help but think of when Jesus was tempted by the devil in the desert you remember and the devil said well why don't you make some food for yourself from the from the rocks on the ground and what did Jesus say man does not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord see no meal is more important than the one Mary was feasting on that day, the word of Jesus. That's the point Jesus is making. And if you look there, what a promise he makes at the end. You see where he says, this meal will never be taken away. If you trust in Jesus and live by his word, you will never go spiritually hungry. You have everything you need for salvation and how to live in the light of that salvation. It's like in John's gospel when Jesus 
calls himself the living water. He says, anyone who comes and drinks this water will never be thirsty again. Or he calls himself the bread of life. He says, if you eat this bread, you'll never go hungry. See, Mary isn't just a model to us of listening to Jesus. She's actually a model to us of the whole essence of the gospel, of what it is to be a Christian. We are not saved by being busy for God. We're not saved by by how well we serve. We're saved by hearing the wonderful words of Christ, the one who came and died for us and rose again. We're saved as we listen to him and as we trust in him. And the beauty of the gospel is, when you eat that meal, when you trust in Christ, nothing can ever take it away from you. Nothing can ever take away that assurance of salvation that comes through trusting in Jesus. Well, as we close, how do we apply this passage to ourselves? If you have a look in your outline, I've got three points in the second column there uh, for what, how we should apply it. And the first is a really, really strange one, but I want to say, don't over-apply this passage. That seems strange. What I mean is, don't take this passage as the only thing Jesus ever says about serving. Uh, there are some Christians who never feel like Martha. There, there are some Christians who never feel busy because they never serve. And, and I would hate it if they said, oh, here you go, so this is what I should do, I should just go sit on the couch and let other people serve me and that's, that's how I'll live out the Christian life. I remember going away with a group of Christian friends once, a group of young Christian men, uh, and we'd uh, hired a house near the beach, and you had to be out of the house by 10am on the Sunday, and it had to be all cleaned, and you can imagine the mess 10 Christian guys from a Bible study group had made. Uh, and anyway, we had to pack and clean, we were working like slaves for about an hour to get it all done. Just as we finished, one of the guys wanders back in, and we said, where, where have you been? It's all done now. He said, oh, it's just so wonderful down at the beach. I thought I'd just spend some time in God's Word and prayer before we head back to normal life and get busy again. You can imagine our response at that point. There may or may not have been physical responses. We were a lot like Martha. Now, he might have quoted this story to justify himself. He might have said, I'm just being Mary. Look, God's Word is more important than than cleaning the house. If he had, he would have been wrong because Mary only had Jesus with her for that day. We have the Scriptures all the time. It was a stark choice for her. Do I listen to Jesus or do I worry about serving these people? We have the Scriptures every day. My friend should have got up and read his Bible an hour earlier and then helped clean the house. So please don't make this everything Jesus says on the topic of serving. Don't over-apply this passage. Read it in the light of the rest of Scripture. But, and my second point of application, having said that, sometimes as Christians, we fall into the trap of Martha, where we serve, but we stop listening to Jesus. Where we become so fixated on all that we do as a Christian that we forget that the essence of being a Christian is sitting at the feet of Jesus and learning from His Word. Sometimes I see Christians who want to serve, they want to help on Christ, they want to help do all sorts of things, they want to teach this and all of that, but they don't want to keep themselves growing as a Christian. They say, I I used to be a part of a Bible study, not anymore, I don't read the Bible for myself anymore. And there's people who just can't sit and listen to a sermon. This is you right now you'll be hearing it, but anyway, you know, people who who just sort of think, oh, I'm too busy, I've got to get out my phone and do my shopping list for the week, because 
I just can't sit for 20 minutes and listen to the Word of God. You know, or, or there's something that needs to be done. I can't, I've got to get up and do it. See, I think this can happen when we're serving for the wrong reasons. I think it can happen when we're serving to be seen by others out of pride or when we serve because we think somehow we need to earn God's love. See, there is no joy in that service. And all too often, the end point for that sort of service is that the person gets burnt out and gets resentful and judgmental of others and ends up a bit like Martha. True Christian service is with joy. It flows out of thankfulness to Jesus, not our pride or our self-justification. And the irony is, in the end, it's the Marys who actually end up serving other people more because as we sit at the feet of the Master and listen to Jesus, we can't help but have our hearts changed and our lives changed so that we want to joyfully serve our brothers and sisters in Christ. And that produces a service that isn't grumbling, isn't complaining, doesn't compare itself to other people. It's genuine and it's joyful and it's full of grace. Which leads me to my final point and the main point of this passage. And that is, let's be like Mary and make sure that we are feeding on the good portion. As we go into 2019, I want to ask you a really practical question tonight. It's New Year's Eve tomorrow. I want to give you a chance to make some resolutions. How are you going to make sure you sit at the feet of Jesus this year and feed on his word? What practical steps are you going to take to make sure that in 2019 you sit at the feet of Jesus and feed on his word? How are you going to make sure that you don't get distracted by things that are less important, even sometimes good things? Do you notice how Martha is not distracted by sin, not distracted by bad things, she's just distracted by the busyness of life. And I think that's the case for many, many Christians. They say, yeah, I'd love to read the Bible, I'd love to be a part of a Bible study, but then we just get distracted as the year gets underway. And we say, I'm just too busy for that. I can't give the time. So as we go into 2019, how are you going to make sure you sit at the feet of Jesus and feed on His Word? So first question, what is your actual plan for personal Bible reading this year? So what is your plan for making sure you read the Bible every day this year? Because if you don't plan it, you won't do it. You'll get distracted. Doctors say you should have a good breakfast to start the day. Well, we need to make sure we are having the best breakfast to start the day. So what's your personal Bible reading plan for this year? What about reading the Bible, the whole Bible this year in 2019? If you want to give that a go, write it on your feedback slip today and I will send you a Bible reading plan to, so that you read the whole Bible in 2019. Don't worry if you fail, I've never read the whole Bible in a year. It usually takes about 18 months because you miss this day and you miss that day. Don't worry about whether you fail or not. Don't be a Martha who's comparing yourself to others. Or, you know. But if you want to do that, if you want to get serious about reading the Bible, write on your feedback slip and I'll give you a Bible reading plan. Gospel teams, what are you going to do to make sure you make it a priority next year to meet with other Christians and read the Bible together. In term one, we've got our four different courses. I hope you've already signed up. If you haven't, sign up tonight. There's forms in the foyer there. But how important is it to meet together to listen to Jesus? What practical steps are you going to take to make sure that you prioritise meeting together at church, listening to sermons? I could go on and on and on, but the point is, this year, let's be Mary's. Let's be Mary's. 
Let's be people who make the right choice. Let's be people who feast on the words of Jesus. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that we know the wonderful words of Jesus. We know that he came into this world to save us. And Father, we pray that this year we might make practical steps to ensure that we sit at his feet and feed on his word. Help us to prioritise Bible reading each day. Help us to prioritise meeting together with other Christians and reading your word. But Father, help us not to be like Martha. Help us not to get distracted by bad things or good things. But instead, help us to realise that that is the most important meal we have, feasting on the word of God. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.